0: Welcome to the Gamers Over 50 Podcast. This is episode number 15, Intro into Indie Games Part 2. Now in Part 1, we went in-depth into kind of the history, what an indie game is, what types of indie games there are, we talked about where we can get indie games, some of the advantages over indie games, some of the challenges for indie game development uh, developers, development companies. And really kind of got into the depth of indie games pretty heavily. So if you're interested in looking at indie games, there's a lot of good information in, in the last episode. In this episode, I'm kind of get, going to give you kind of a follow-up because after I did do the episode, I then went back and started going a little more in-depth on my own and taking some of the things that I wanted to uh, to do in here. And then I'm going to talk about some great indie games that are already out there that you can get and you can play right now. And I'm a big fan of uh so, you know, we talked about drive RPG, and this is a place where indie content developers could go out and post their content, and then eventually get to the point where they sell it. And indie, you know, drive RPG just doesn't do only RPG stuff. They have a, several drive-through um, options there, but I want to I want to stick on the drive-through RPG because that's where I I spent my space there and i could probably spend a very 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 long time of my life just alone reading the content on this site it is amazing there it's not just here's your rpg or here's your map but it's also characters it's creatures it's uh and i'll talk about one little piece in a second it's art char- again art for characters art for creatures uh, you know all sorts of sheets of information that you may want as a character development, weapons, stuff like that. amazing. you know I've I, and part of this is why I went out there was I've been trying to think about how could I get my kids into like a DD RPG game as I really think this develops a creativity and a wonder about what's out there and you know I can actually attribute playing some of these games and going, hmm, I'm not just stuck where I'm at in the small town that I was at um, and my sixth grade English teacher telling me I'd only be operating a machine press. I can go do more. I can find more out there. So I really think that, you know, those kind of games develop a sense of adventure, which is fun because it's, you know, when I was a kid, it was, you know, let's see, cops and robbers and Western stuff and space stuff. And then we all started playing D and D and it was real, like we were coming out of Lord of the Rings, or the uh, like anything about H.P. Lovecraft, of course. And then, uh, you know, really Star Trek a little bit in that. So, you know, it gave us this ability to think about cool stuff and getting out there. So, I went down into uh, into the site, went a pretty heavy duty amount because I have a story that I'm looking at, and I'm looking for some maps, which would be great because. I could draw my own map, and I thought about stealing a local mall's map and recreating it, something like that. But I'm like, oh, let's go see what else is out there. I spent a good hour, probably, okay, I honestly spent probably four hours. I spent a whole evening looking at maps and just just di- kind of dissecting them. I bought several. Um, but my thought for this you know, D&D campaign that I want to create is I would like to create a mall that was taken over by a very arrogant lady dragon. And she loves presents from the mall, but the store that she's in was so big, she could fit into it. And then when she tried to go into the regular mall, she crushed her favorite kiosk. So she decided to leave the mall one day and she found a local town and told the townspeople, if you don't send a party of adventurers into this abandoned mall, to pick me up these presents that I want, I love them and I want these presents really bad, then I'll incinerate your town. And, you know, the party has to go into the mall and find these things. Uh, Like I said, I got some maps, it'll be fun. I got some actual creatures and I got some artwork, which is gonna be great because I I think when my kids start playing, you kinda have to give them that little boost, right? Oh, this is what a beholder looks like. I'm not going to put a beholder in, but I was trying to find something that was like a giant roach, a giant insecty kind of creature, you know, cause thinking about it, that'd freak them out a little bit. It'd be fun. Um, and then additionally, I found this great, uh, book of a thousand rumors and I've, plan on doing something with a Build-A-Bear. And if you're not in the U.S. and so you haven't seen a Build-A-Bear before, Build-A-Bear is where you can take a uh, kind of the shell of a stuffed animal and you fill it with stuffing and you can put a special little heart in and a voice box and all those things and you dress up with clothes. So I was actually going to put have all the Build-A-Bears that they've already pre-built. You're going to have rumors. And you've got to figure out these kind of quests to get the exact thing that the dragon wants. So, you know, hopefully my kids don't listen to this and can't, you know, Jump into my computer and find it, uh, but that was that was something I found on Drive Through RPG. If you have some time, or if you're bored, and maybe you are a DM and you're going, hmm, trying to think of something really cool, take a look at Drive Through RPG. If you're not, and maybe you've wanted to play uh, Dungeons and Dragons and you're looking for a DM group, and I am planning, I'm doing a ton of research on a D and D one. It's a, probably going to be a two part because the history alone of D and D is amazing, interesting, cool stuff. Uh, But if you're looking for something like that and you go out and like a meetup and you're looking for a picture of your character, go take a look. Drive through RPG. Big fan. So uh, that was a big one. The other was I was talking to a, a friend after I did the podcast and I said, hey, you know, I was looking at Kickstarter. I totally saw this game and it's super awesome. And then I saw some more games and they're like, hey, have you ever been to Indiegogo? Now, crowdfunding, similar to Kickstarter, stuff like that. It does have breakouts for tabletop and video games, whereas Kickstarter has games. Um, if you're a tabletop person, go out and find some cool games. I actually did, and I'm going to talk about one of them. Uh, but the video games, same as things. So definitely take a look at you know Indiegogo, just like Kickstarter. I will tell you this, both of them make me want to buy a 3D printer. Uh, not just to print the characters or the map pieces and things like that, but just some of the cool stuff you can print. Uh, with a 3D printer, I've been talking to a friend. So from there, you know, I wanted to elaborate a little bit more, go a little deeper on the last episode, and then come back and bring us back to some games. And the first game I'm going to talk about is actually one of my favorite games. I I met the folks that uh, wrote this game at PAX. Uh, they were up in the indie section, which was super cool. And at the time, I was working in the security industry. And, of course, the name of it, HackNet, caught my eye. I'm like, oh, cool, hacking game. I love those types of things. Um, so this, you know, it came out in 2015 and since then uh, it has an expansion and I'll talk a little bit about that as well but hacknet is a as they examp as their example from their site is a modern super immersive terminal driven hacking game with a fully internally consistent network simulation and an interface so you shouldn't play it in an airport and I will agree it actually looks very much like you're hacking someone now Compared to normal the other terminal systems and telnet and stuff like that, maybe not exactly the same. The concepts are very, very close. So I knew people who were just getting into security at that time. And I said, they're like, How can I learn more about I'm sorry, I was telling my story ahead of time. I said, How can I learn more about security? Oh, go play this game, Hacknet. And they're like, seriously, play a game. I'm like, yeah, it's you know, at the time I think it was ten dollars uh for a pack special. I'm like, go get that and play through it, and it'll teach you the concepts of certain different types of of hacks, as well as network concepts, uh, application development concepts, things like that. So, you know, where you're going to have a lot of games where maybe you're in a, you know, third world, uh, you know, battleground or, you know, on a different planet or you're going through a historical thing. in is something that's actually occurring right now. There is a lot of hacking still. I just read the UN got hacked um, and a bunch of NFL football teams. So it's, it's really cool. One very important thing I want to bring out. So if somebody is listening to this, you're older, you have kids, grandkids, there's an educational version of this. I believe the educational version probably doesn't have the person being killed in it. Um, cause you're following a story about someone who was killed and you're kind of taking up and finding the things they, the clues they left behind. Because people have said it was a hack. It wasn't. Now there's additionally an expansion called Labyrinth, which goes beyond this. And the very cool thing, which I'll have a common theme in a couple of the games, is it has a soundtrack. And it has a great soundtrack. So if you're one of those people that when you're cleaning or you're cooking or you know, you're driving around, you just want to put a little bit of you know light music behind you, nothing. You have to put too much energy into remembering or learning lyrics and stuff. HackNet is really, really good in there, and you know, the soundtrack, like I said, is great. Now, some of the features of this game is it, it actually looks like real hacking. It pretty much could be. You could just change a few things a little bit to where you're you know, typing and then you have a time zone. It actually tells you how much time you have before you may get locked out. That's not in the real world. There's never a counter like in the movies and things like that. Um, you're trying to find out about Bit, who is a mysterious character, who is dead and the media is saying it's all been an accident. It doesn't, you know, doesn't like all add up and you get contacted. Um, I will tell you, it does do kind of a full immersion into it and you have a virtual world and you're trying to figure out this virtual world and you have to, you know, I I kept notes when I played this game the first time. I will tell you this, it is not, a compromising game in fact i think they say it's uncompromising but it does not make it easier on you you have to figure out if you fail you go back to where you not the completely first step of where you started but you do return um and again the uh let's see i think remy aka the algorithm is one of the people who does some of the tunes so big fan of this game check it out on steam I think if the Australian Bushfire uh, is Australian bushfire donation is up on Humble Bundle, you can still find this game or just go to Steam or go to hacknet-os.com. Again, I love this game. I love the fact that it's still an indie game. I mean, I kind of wish it would be thrust into every uh, computer science department out there. And I've been considering talking to them uh, where I went to school and saying, hey, why don't you, I'll, I'll buy a copy of this for how many students you have. Because, you know, I'm sure they could get a deal for a large group of people. All right. The second game, and I hope I say this game's name correctly, is Xenophera, the Galactic Market. Now, this is a indie tabletop game. It is a card game. And some information around it, and normally we talk about the time to play, about 30 minutes, two to six players, ages four plus, actually saw difficulty when I went out to find this game. And the difficulty, it says, is easy with moderate book learning, which I thought was fantastic. Because, you know, how many times have you looked at a game and it's like, oh, what's that game like? And it says easy with... Moderate book learning. It's like, all right, so that means if you can read, you pretty much can catch through this. Now, per Indie Tabletop, another very cool site, and I think I talked about them uh, last time, is the description of this game. It's been a decade since the Royal Society of Xenophera ran their great galactic hunt. From all over the galaxy, Huntsmen compete in capturing these alien creatures. To win, you must have the most valuable collection of Xenophara. Since hunting is dangerous, us is hunting is dangerous. Us as players decide to head over to the Galactic Market, where there is an alien auction going on. Use bidding, scheming, and hand management to collect the most valuable. Xena Farah to win the game. So remember we talked about board games. One of the mechanics is hand management. So it's, you know, keeping what you have in your hand. Now the other thing is there's a bidding and auctioning, auctioning not auction, oxygening, but auctioning. So you bid, you auction against it, or you cannot bid an auction. That's an actual, I really like the fact that it has that as an actual option that's built into it. And it also has a gambling part of it. And you sometimes have to use that gambling within your strategy. And to watch early on as you're going through and you're gambling, if that strategy is working for you, great. Or not, you may need to curb it back a little bit. Now, I've taken a look at this game, and for you know, getting close to what the February 14th Valentine's Day uh, ritual, the you know, buy candy and flowers and stuff like that. I think I'm gonna be buying games for those uh, people in my world. Although Valentine's Day is my brother's birthday and it's celebrated as my brother Will's birthday. Happy early happy birthday, Will. If you ever listen to my podcast, not really in his uh, piece. But you know, I think for this game would be a perfect uh, perfect option for someone. And I believe it because it's a beautiful card game. If you're familiar, if you like the characters that are in Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh! or some of the other games we've talked about. I think we talked about Smile at OrcaCon had beautiful cards. So it's very, very creative. And this is where indie games shine, right? They're super creative. They've got awesome mechanics. But if you like a hand management and a little bit of gambling and, you know, trying to work that out, you know, I honestly think this is a uh, a great game, again, four plus, because you're gonna have to count your points together. And that's a great mechanic. I love seeing those kind of things, not as much from an adult perspective, but if kids are playing this game, they're going to really enjoy it. So, you know, parent or grandparent, you know, this is a good way for you to get your kids thinking strategically, problem solving, trying to trying to beat you there. And again, like I said, I've been looking for these games for Valentine's Day. And yes, my wife is going to get flowers. I can't really get her chocolates or baked goods because she is a great chocolatier uh, as an amateur. and a really good baked chef. So I'll be getting the baked goods this year, but this is the kind of gift, you know, I can see giving this kind of gift to my son or my daughter, and this will be a fun game for us to play because you do want to develop that kind of strategic rivalry and, and move through that. So, you know, Xenophara galactic market, indie tabletop, and it's X E N O X E N O F E R A. So I think I said it right. I really hope I did. Cause I haven't had too many, uh, Names to completely screw up lately. All right. My last game I'm going to talk about, and it may make this podcast a little shorter, but I knew the other one was going to be kind of long, so I didn't want to do an hour podcast. Um, But this one I actually found because I look at uh, a couple news sites, actually look about 10 different news sites, but I found my favorite one lately has been on the Microsoft Network, MSN. If you go into the MSN site and you go to entertainment uh, along the sides where it has music and things like that, it has games. And it just doesn't have video games. It also has board games and things like that, but games. And so I scrolling down through it and you know I noticed a couple things because they have one, the weekend games, which shows games being released or DLCs and things like that, and uh, it actually reminded me to go out and uh, take a look at Warcraft 3, which we'll talk about Warcraft another podcast, but I had completely forgotten it had been released, and I bought a pre copy of it. I was a big fan a long time ago, and obviously lots of stuff happening. But I was uh, looking at games, and then I came across a game called Coffee Talk. Now, I hope I say this production company's name correctly, because I'm a big fan after looking at coffee talk playing the demo and going to the site it's Togi productions t-o-g-e i hope it's Togi productions or toge i think it's probably Togi though um but first let me talk about the the production company because what was cool is i went out and i clicked on the about right like i i, I think i am maybe one of the first or only people that i know that the first thing they do when they go to a new website is click about i want to find out when it was created and things like that um, but I really loved learning about this, you know, production group, this studio, and um, I may have to bug them in the near future just kind of get their story in an interview because I think it would be awesome. But they started in 2009, and a little bit, you know, like all great endeavors, they started as a hobby. Kind of this podcast is a hobby for me, but hobbyists, if you've noticed, put more of their personal ener- energy and their love for the product or service that they create. And, you know, this creates awesome stuff. And I'm not saying this podcast is awesome stuff, but I'm really trying to find that awesome stuff so that you, you know, folks who, you know, my video game friends or my board game friends totally know it all. Well, not all of it. Cause I did ask a friend if she knew about cookie productions. She did not. And I told her she needs to go find out about them. Um, and she's a really good person, but, kind of doing a bunch of stuff right now. Um, and she knows I'm making fun of her as it is. But anywho, I, uh, you know, this is something where, you know, this group got together and, you know, started out with a hobby. And like I said, that the, you can get information to people like I'm trying to, and this, you know, hopefully for someone who's never heard of indie games or someone who I make the joke of uh, who's only played Monopoly and Mario, you know, groups like, you know, the Togi productions are going to become names that you're going to want to know all right so I've, I've given them all the love so anywho um one of the things that they had written and i've got to read this because this is on their website Is As an indie game studio we've experienced the difficulties and hardships of creating selling and distributing games ourselves for years hey we talked about this in the last podcast it's cool to see that it's a common thing now, maybe not cool that it's difficult, but anywho, we know how tough it can be, especially in Indonesia. So there's a game company out of Indonesia, which makes it really exciting. Maybe you can set up a go visit them. That'd be awesome. With our knowledge and resources, we try to help other indie game developers in the region by creating gathering events and encouraging collaborations. Now, how cool is that? And I'm gonna talk about something when we're done that's very similar, but I, I'm sure these guys get involved in. Now I'm gonna have to go research if they did. In 2017, the indie publishing was born. So what they do is they could take care of the marketing, the business showcases, distribution, provide consultation, so that original game developers just focus on design and code. I think that's so awesome. Mind you, you know, here in the U.S., you've got tons of people do it in the U.K. and EMEA, but these folks are in Indonesia. They're helping out their fellow game developers locally. This is such a cool story, and their games are cool. Take a look. you got to take a look at them. Um, you know, this is just very cool from a business decision. Um, I really hope that... The next time there is a PAX and I see Togi Productions, I'm going to find them and invite them over. Um, Hopefully, my friends from Poland are back and some of my other game friends over to dinner one night. And we're going to have a really kind of fun dinner and introduce, you know, kind of get some cross world collaboration going on. It'd be super cool. All right. So, all done with Togi. Let's talk about their game Coffee Talk. Now, I checked this out and it was amazing. Taking a look at Coffee Talk. Then I started looking, and as you start the beginning of the game, they do go through the folks who worked on the game, which usually all that stuff's at the very end. And I liked how it was in the beginning here. Um, oh, last bit on their site. When you do go to the about and you scroll down, they have done artistic pictures of themselves. And it's not just perfect pictures. Well, I will say this, you know, Chris, who is the CEO, he gets that CEO privilege, right? He can do anything he wants. Um, his his is more probably exactly what he looks like. <laughs> but when you go down there, just like some beautiful artwork of folks who work on the games. Um, I will say my personal favorites, in case people tell you ever listen, are Hendry, Muhammad, Irene, and Alvin. I really liked those. I thought they were cool looks. So leave it there. Now, going back to Coffee Talk which is awesome because uh, you know, I went out and found it first. It is based in Seattle. I'm in Seattle and they had the space needle and they did great artwork on it. Really cool. Really, really, really awesome. Um, it makes it easy when it's in my backyard that I have a place that I really love, but I think it's kind of neat to think coffee, Seattle, they have to go together. If it had been coffee talk and it was located in like, Oh, I don't know. Let's pick on the super bowl teams, Kansas city, you know, or it's coffee talk in Pittsburgh. And I, you know, Both fantastic cities, but probably not as well-known for coffee as Seattle. Um, Really, really neat, this base there. Now, the description that they give to this game is even more fun. So here are the descriptions and then a little bit of what I think. The game was inspired by calm feelings of drinking warm drinks in the middle of a cold, rainy night alone or accompanied by friends. And who, who doesn't like a warm drink? I mean, I like cold drinks sometimes, but I really enjoy a nice warm drink, especially if we're hanging out. Now... I would especially like it if I was in the coffee talk world because your friends are based out of fantasy like elves, orcs, mermaids, and a lot of other races that have joined the human race kind of living together. Really neat. The game features visual aesthetics that are inspired by 90s anime, classic pixel art, adventure games, and the chill imageries. I will tell you. It really does. It is, if you play it, and I put it up on our big screen for the demo just because I wanted to see what it looks like on our TV, and it, it was really, the 90s anime came through perfectly, but it is very relaxed. The colors are chill. It looks like a coffee bar, the whole thing. All right, I talked about this before. And then it also has a lo-fi, chill hop music background, which they will be making into a soundtrack yay again you know like hacknet hacknet really 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 awesome stuff but when i'm working on research and stuff like that that the stuff from hacknet or the stuff from coffee talk are going to be stuff i want to kind of listen to or maybe you're playing a board game and somebody's like gosh it's way too quiet all right let's you know put a little stuff on there so chill hop is kind of what they put this together and again i can't say enough about how they do it now The demo and the price, the demo free, obviously, but the price is under $12 right now on Steam. And again, this is one that's going to make that Valentine's Day list. I played this with my 10-year-old. I actually showed it to another friend of mine who's about five or six years older, and both of them were like, oh, that is a cool game. In fact, my 10-year-old loved it because you get to make coffee and stuff. And then my other friend was like, oh, cool, there's an elf in here, and I've got to have this conversation with the elf. So definitely take a look at Coffee Talk out on Steam. Now, I'm going to tell you kind of my take on this is, one, I love the art. I love the two. Well, one, how about one across the board? I love the art, the story, the music. I think it fits for people who don't like a shoot them up or need a, uh, you know, every round, every corner is a fight. It's just kind of a relaxed game where maybe you're trying to help some people out. I don't want to give the whole game story away because, but you are talking to people and you know, making the coffee is kind of a side piece. You will have to do some, uh, Coffee Art, which Coffee Art, actually, I found, if you've ever listened to the uh, National Geographic show, uh, the Jeff Goldblum show, he did one on coffee, but Coffee Art was founded here in Seattle. I have never been to the coffee place that does it, but I am now going to be going there, and especially going, I may take and play Coffee Talk and try to design my art in the same place. But I really thought this was a great game. To, from an indie perspective, it's beautiful. From the story, it's great. You know, going through, I can see a long time of me playing this game. Very similar to how I play Hacknet, or how we could play Xenophara. I think Xenophara is going to be a great game, not only for me, but my wife and friends, because you can bid in strategy. Those are kids, they can totally, you know, somebody could just pick this game up. And that's my goal, is as my kids get a little older. Uh, My younger kids, I want them to like have their friends come over and go, oh, we can play the Switch or we could play Xenophera or something else. Um, But again, I can see many, many hours being played in this game. It is fantastic. Take a look at Coffee Talk. I can't give you a ranking of how I get these, uh, but Coffee Talk is pretty awesome. And I'm hoping that I think it's it's a download when it's downloaded. I can just play it because I'd love to play this um, on my I have a tablet. A, a Windows tablet that I like. I'd love to take it on an airplane. I think it'd just be so relaxed, you know, listen to some music while you're flying. Okay. Now I'm also going to try to do something. So they're all done with the indie stuff. I'm going to finish this up with. I'm going to try to do something I haven't done yet. Try to do two podcasts this week. Um, not because I want to do one on Super Bowl Sunday, because you know the big football match, the American football match uh, game. Golly. Trying to merge soccer and football, aren't I? It's not working well. The American football game, Super Bowl. Um, excited to see J Lo do uh, do uh, the halftime show. That I think it'll be amazing because I just saw our movie Hustlers. It was fantastic. Not that you guys need all sorts of entertainment options from me, but I'm hoping to do a podcast during the Global Game Jam, which is actually going to be starting on the 31st. And I found a couple locations near me that start about afternoon. noon, they go up until February 2nd, and they're going to be developing some games. Out and if you've never heard or seen the Global Game Jam, it's exactly what it sounds like, Global Game Jam, go take a look at it, go search on it. If you have thought about getting into game development, if you've thought about even testing games, which is a part of game development, or creating the stories behind it, Go find a Global Game Jam location this weekend. I've got a few around the corner, and um, I want to give a shout to my friend Kate Edwards, who is the executive director who delivered the keynote in Haifa, Israel today for the Global Game Jam. So I'm going to try to go on site, and I'm going to find out more about it. If you've ever been interested in looking and creating video games or video game stories or board games or board games, game stories or mechanics or anything like and you just maybe get involved and see what it's about if you know someone who's saying hey i've always wanted to do this as a career and they're like i don't know how to start in it this is the weekend go grab them and say global game jam ah so go take a look at that and i will try to get that second podcast with some live interviews so you're not having to just listen to my voice until then i hope you enjoy your gaming and game away